Welcome to Rise from the Ashes. Our podcast looks at various issues for families. We'll be talking with attorneys about personal and legal concerns having to do with divorce, custody, and parenting time. There are also a few topics about letting go, moving on, and new beginnings. Please keep in mind this podcast is only to inform and help to understand legal and personal issues as they relate to family law. It should not be considered as a replacement for a qualified family law attorney. When in doubt, please contact a professional. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters. Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Rise from the Ashes. I'm David Braddock. I'll be the host for the podcast. And we're talking today with Susan Mundahl of Mundahl Law. How are you doing today, Susan? I'm doing great, David. Now, today's topic, custody and parenting time for unmarried couples. I think we should look at some of the basics of this topic. We've got a couple who is unmarried and they've had a child together or children, and we should look at what the legal ramifications are for each party. Let's start with the mom. All right, David. There's one controlling statute. You can simply Google it if you Google Minnesota Statute 257.541. It's entitled Custody and Parenting Time with Children Born Outside of Marriage. So the first subdivision talks about the rights of the mother. And by statute, a mother has a right to sole legal and physical custody. In fact, it's not just a right. She actually has it by statute. That sounds like that's the easy one. It's assumed generally by the statute that the mom has... Sole legal and physical custody It's not even assumed. It is by operation of law that the mother has sole legal and physical custody. Okay, well, now it sounds like it would be good to consider what the dad's rights are, according to that statute. Well, and that's where a father can establish his rights to his child that is born outside of marriage a few different ways. If the parties are absolutely sure as to the parentage of the child, the father can sign a recognition of parentage. And that's usually done in the hospital, and they're offered that opportunity by the hospital staff. What happens by signing that, they're able to put their name on the birth certificate if the mother has agreed that the father's name can be used. It also establishes him as the father of the child. And so it does have the legal effect of making him the father. However, it does not give him a right to any custody or parenting time unless he brings an action under 518. It was really designed by the legislature to allow child support services to come in and have a father start paying child support and lying in costs and be responsible for the child. And the child has a right to inherit from the father. It really doesn't establish, again, custody and parenting time for the dad. You mentioned recognition of paternity. What about paternity? Well, David, that is another alternate route that a father can take, especially if they're not quite sure that they are the child's biological father. They can pursue what's called a paternity action. That generally starts with there being the DNA testing to determine that they are actually the biological father of the child. The DNA testing is very good these days, as we all know, and 
they find 99.9% that most fathers are the father of the child. What a father can do is they can actually pay $25 to the state and agree to have them take the paternity DNA testing to determine that they're the father. At that point, then they can sign the recognition of parentage, or they can bring their own paternity action and ask to establish the paternity of the child. Now, the difference is, is if someone signs a recognition of paternity, what we call ROPE, R-O-P. Okay is that they don't have custody and parenting time rights. Whereas under a paternity action filed by the state, what it does state in the statute is that they have to establish what is the custody and parenting time rights within the paternity action. Otherwise, the fathers who simply sign the recognition of parentage have to bring a separate legal action. And the statute that controls custody and parenting time is actually found within the dissolution statute. It's Minnesota Statute 518. Even though it's in a dissolution statute, it still applies to unmarried couples? That's correct. And in fact, if you go to the paternity statute or even within this recognition of parentage statute, it says custody and parenting time is to be established under Minnesota Statute 518.17. That is what establishes custody and parenting time in any divorce. What about when a guy is pretty sure that he is the biological father, but she's saying, absolutely not, I don't want to list you as the father. You're not the father. What can he do then? Then he needs to bring the paternity action. He needs to do the blood test. He can voluntarily agree to it, and it certainly makes sense to do it through the county. It's going to cost him $25 to request that the county establish paternity for him because it has to do with equal rights. If women can ask for paternity to be established, men can ask. And the county, because they do so many of these, they get a discount on these genetic testing. So it actually is far less expensive for him to simply pay his 25, ask to have it established. He will pay for the paternity test, but it's my understanding it's about half the cost of what he would pay if he did it independently. The other important thing that he needs to do, as soon as the child is born, and I mean immediately after the child is born, even if he's not sure, he needs to go to the Minnesota Department of Health. You can Google it. He can find it in the drop-down. It's called the Minnesota Father's Adoption Registry, MFAR. And it's really important that he go and put his name on there as the potential father of the child, because that's going to protect him so that she can't place the child for adoption without his knowledge or permission. And also it sets him up as a statutory presumption for the paternity of the father. So it is really important that he does that. And there's more information on our blog. Or like I say, he can go to the Minnesota Department of Health and look for the father's adoption registry there. Then the last thing in the paternity and when he signs a recognition of parentage, if he wants custody and parenting time rights with the child, he needs to take the next step. That's establishing custody and parenting time under Minnesota statute 518.17. It sounds like this is leading into the actual custody and parenting time. How is that going to work with our unmarried couple? Well, the good news for dads is that once they bring their motion, I quite frankly call it putting their money where their mouth is, they can establish the same kind of custody and parenting time rights that are available to married fathers. And in Minnesota, under 518.17, we look at what is in the best interest of the child. It is presumed that the parties are going to share joint legal custody unless there is domestic violence involved. So in most cases, there is this presumption. What exactly is this presumption 
Are there percentages? How does that work? Well, that's a good question. What I mean by this presumption of joint legal custody of the minor child is that it is presumed that the two of you can discuss the major decisions in a child's life, and those are assumed to be decisions regarding religion, their education, and their health. As I say, it's presumed that the two of you can discuss those, and it is really important for dads to feel like they have some custodial rights to their child. You mentioned legal custody. What rights does an unmarried father have to gaining physical custody? Well, supposedly, an unmarried father has the same rights to physical custody as a married father. What the court is guided by, again, is what is in the best interest of the minor child. Although I do think that there may be a little bit of court bias on unmarried fathers, to suggest that perhaps it shouldn't be 50-50 parenting time, which is what a lot of fathers say they want nowadays. The important thing on any custody and parenting time decisions is that the parties look at what are the parties' work schedules and what is the best way to maximize time with each parent. And it follows the same set of rules that I look at when I'm doing divorces. What makes sense? Unfortunately, we have tied child support payments to the number of overnights that a parent has. This is frustrating because parents are saying they want more overnights, and yet they aren't necessarily participating equally in the nurturing and care of the minor child. So that's a podcast for another day, I think. So what you're saying is is that the court or some other agency will have a scale that they go by the number of overnights that will determine how much percentage custody a parent will get, or a father particularly? Um, No. In fact, I may be a little unclear. When we're talking about physical custody, there's really three outcomes for physical custody. One, it could be sole physical custody to the father, sole physical custody to the mother, or joint physical custody to the parties. And really, since 2009 and the change in the child support statute, so that we don't look at custody of the parent in determining child support, it really did change it. So in a lot of cases, the parties don't even have to identify who has physical custody of the child. We're finding in a lot of these cases, we're identifying what is the primary home for the minor child with which parent. And then we're looking at a parenting plan. And it's the parenting plan that determines child support. That is determined by looking at the number of overnights a parent has. There is a statutory presumption that a non-custodial parent will receive at least 25% parenting time. And that equates to 92 overnights a year. And that's the every other weekend and one night a week. It's our baseline that they should get at least 92 overnights a year. The only exception is when there is domestic violence or violence against a child that would lower that amount of time. And then sometimes that's even supervised, I take it, when there are concerns about the welfare of the child. Absolutely. Or termination of parental rights. But those are extreme cases, and we're not talking about those today. We're talking about the average young man who wants more time with his kids. And I will say that even though the courts don't give physical custody as much to unmarried fathers, they do want to maximize the amount of time that they're able to spend with the children. And it's not because dads need it. The courts care about the children, and it's fully recognized now that fathers are very important to children, and they need to be in their life. 
As much as possible. As much as possible. In fact, there are several recent studies that show that the most important person in a child's life from zero to seven is their mother, and then from seven to death, it's their father. And that a child's ability to grow into an adult and form healthy adult relationships depends on the healthy relationship that they had with their father. Well, Susan, you mentioned that we should save parenting time for another podcast. This sounds like a good place to wrap things up for this one. I think so, David. I just want to remind, if you are an unmarried soon-to-be mother, or if you are a soon-to-be unmarried father, it is important that you know your full legal rights. I do recommend that you check out our blogs related to this and the statutes, and then certainly I think a consultation with a family law attorney regarding what your rights and responsibilities are under the law before you sign any papers is a really good idea. Thank you so much, Susan. You bet, David. Have a great day. You are listening to Rise from the Ashes, the podcast channel that takes a careful look at all things having to do with legal procedure within the family law process. Rise from the Ashes is sponsored by Mundal Law who specializes in assisting families and individuals through the legal process with respect, dignity, and caring. Mundal Law is dedicated to helping people to solve their legal problems. You can visit the Mundal Law website at mundallaw.com or call to schedule a consultation with one of their qualified family law attorneys. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters.